Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBL picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. Hey, warm hello, welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a terrific show for you, and we've got terrific news as Joe Rivera of Sporting News is going to be joining me in the second segment. Going to have, for once, a good segment of talking about the MLB because we're going to be getting a season. It was agreed upon Tuesday evening slash night that there is going to be a 60-game season. Players are going to be reporting to spring training by July 1st. A lot of these guys a couple days earlier to get tested for the coronavirus and everything like that. So we are going to be talking about just what to expect from a condensed season, some of the rule changes like how the universal designated hitter is going to come into play, how a man on second is going to affect extra inning games, things like this, and some of the teams that we think might have a little bit of an advantage with regards to the schedule as well, because these teams are going to be playing most of their games within the division. There's going to be less travel than normal, so we're going to be talking to Joe about those things in the second segment. In the final segment, going to give you a sided total on every game on Wednesday night slash Thursday mornings, KBO and NPB board as we touch them all. First things first, always love being able to answer your Twitter questions. You can fire those in at GNRSquarty1. If you send these via direct message, aka DM, well, letters DM to me, me does not matter. I know that most of your questions revolved around just some of the changes with regards to the MLB season. I'll be just addressing all those with Joe. So I'm going to make it nice and easy right there. You want to tune into that interview because all those questions that you guys answered, they are going to be asked slash answered by myself and Joe. So we are going to get you guys all covered there. And then I know some of you guys asked about the KBO games that wound up getting rained out. Well, 
you're going to be getting a whole lot of doubleheaders between Wednesday night and Thursday morning. If you're out here on the West Coast, you're going to get half the games Wednesday, half the games Thursday. If you're out there on the East Coast, it's just going to be a whole lot of Thursday morning action. So we're going to be talking about that in the final segment when we touch them all. First things first, let's take a look back at yesterday's results. We only had one in the KBO, but we had a lot out there in the MPB. Try to find out a little bit more about these teams and try to find some trends. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. For the first time since dinosaurs roamed the Earth, and no, not the NC dinos, but actual dinosaurs roamed the Earth, the Anwa Eagles lost the game by one run as they fell to the Samsung Lions by a count of 3-2. to two. It is Hanwha's 26th loss in their last 29 games, and this is the first of those 26 losses, in which was by approximately one run. And all you could say is that there were a whole lot of missed opportunities. In this one, you had a grand total of five runs as both these teams stranded just a million billion men on base. For Samsung, 12 hits, four walks, and an error. For the Hanwha Eagles, seven hits, one error, and five walks, and a combined five runs to show for it. This despite the fact that, I'm doing the math in my head, you had to combine 28 hits and walks and two errors between the two teams, and you got five runs. I don't know what to tell you there. For Samsung, Hundung Ho, he was the gentleman that wound up making that start against Lote, which he started the bases loaded twice in the first two innings and then men on second and third. He was at it once again. Five innings pitch, he gives up two runs. He winds up giving up five hits, a long ball, five walks, and yet he escapes with all that. Bullpen from there for Samsung. They go a combined four innings. They wind up only giving up two hits. Now, they really held down the fort. And then for Anwa, Shi Wan Zhang. He wound up being able to pitch five innings in this one. 160 pitches. He gives up one run, despite the fact that he gave up seven hits, two walks. I think he was the deficitary of an error. And then from there, the Hanwha Eagles. They give up two runs out of the bullpen over the course of... Three and two-thirds innings, only one of which were earned. They wind up giving up four hits, and they also gave up two walks. So this was just a very, very strange game, to say the least. All the other games in the KBO wound up getting rained out. So we are going to be having a whole lot of double-dip action on Wednesday night slash Thursday morning out there in the KBO. We had a full slate of NPB games as the Hiroshima Carp take down the Yamiori Giants by a count of 5-1. This was the first loss of the season for the Yamiori Giants. And in this one, you had Christopher, a.k.a. CC Mercedes. He's went by like four different names. I don't even know what the actual first name of this guy is because he's like Faso Carmona. I think he's changed his name like 17 times. And he should change his name because he got shelled in this one. He winds up going three headaches. Gives up four runs, all of which were earned. Bullpen from there for the Amiyor Giants was actually very decent. They give up one run over the course of six innings. They did walk three, but with that said, they were able to get the job done. And then for the Hiroshima Carp, Mr. Curry. How about him going seven innings? He doesn't give up a single earned run. He was the deficitary of an unearned run. And then for the Hiroshima Carp, this is an all-or-nothing team. They showed this in the preseason, and they went deep. Three times in this game. Two of those off of Mr. Mercedes. So they were certainly able to get the job done. They were an underdog. They were able to get the window for you. The Tokyo Yakult Swallows were able to take it to the Hanshin Tigers. As the Tigers currently have the worst record out there in the MPB. 6-1 the final in this one. For Hanshin, they've got Kosuke Fukudome. Yes, the same guy that used to play for the Chicago Cubs on the roster. He went 0 of 3 in this one. Justin Bohr is also on the team. He went 1 of 3. He, you got to think, is going to be a little bit more of a power bat for a team that was one of the worst out there in the MPB with regards to home runs during the 2000 and. 
19 season. But in this one, for the Occult Swallows, it was the top of the lineup that was able to produce. How about Nordy? Don't call me Steve Aoki being able to go two for two. He was also able to draw two walks. He was able to get in twice. You had Alcides Escobar. That's another familiar name. He went 0-3, but he was able to draw a walk, and he, I think, got an RBI off a walk in this one. And in this one, you wound up getting a very good start out of the starter for the Occult Swallows, who haven't necessarily had a lot of great starters in their career, but former San Francisco Giants, not so great. Albert Suarez winds up going six innings in this one. He does not give up a single home run for Hans Sheen. They wind up getting four innings out of Joe Gunkel, and Uncle, he was not good. He winds up giving up three runs over the course of those four innings. Bullpen from there, they wind up not doing a whole heck of a lot better as they wind up giving up three runs as well. You had the Chunichi Dragons just absolutely not be able to drive in runs. They were the Hanwha Eagles of the MPB on this day as they wind up losing to the Yokohama Dana Bay Stars by a count of 3-2. to two. The Dana Bay Stars are saying, hey, baby, hey, we got a W. And for the Chunichuri Dragons, how about how bad this is? Over the course of their last two games, they have been able to generate 21 hits, four walks, and in those 18 innings in which they were able to get those 25-plus base runners, they have two runs to show for it. They've surrounded 21 men on base. It is absolutely insane. Now, this team was dead last in the NPB when it comes to home runs last season, but this is just a team that does not have a lot of power right now. For the Dana Bay Stars, they were able to get a home run off the bat, and I am going to do my best to say this name correctly. Takeyuki Kajitani. That he is someone who's five foot eleven, one hundred and ninety pounds. That is his first home run of the campaign. Like I said, hopefully I am saying these names correctly. This is a little bit of an interesting situation trying to pronounce some of these names. And for the Dragons, they were able to get a home run of their own in, in this one as well. As you had Shuhishi Takahashi wind up going yard for this team. That was his second home run of the campaign for the Dragons, but they fell short. A team that did not fall short. The team has won five out of the last six championships out there in the NPB. That would be the Fukuoka Soft Bangkoks as they take it to the Cebu Lions by a count of 9-6. to six. For the South Bangkoks, they wind up getting a grand total of 14 hits in this one. Neither starter necessarily did great in this one. Starters gave up a combined 13. Yes, count them. 13 runs in this one. As for Cebu, they wound up being able to get over five innings out of their starter to the surprise of many, but he winds up giving up seven runs in the process. As in this one, it was Tasui Amai who wound up really heightening his ERA to say the least. And for the South Bangkoks, it's not like they necessarily got a lot out of their starter as well as they were able to get three and two-thirds innings out of the arm of Shuta Ishikawa. So he wound up giving up six runs with that regard. Corey Spangenberg has been doing a very solid job with the Lions in his first year out there in the MPB. He had two hits and an RBI after hitting a grand slam Tuesday morning. So he was able to do a little bit of something. But what really upped out the South Bangkoks was the fact that they were able to get two home runs in this one out of the bullpen of the Cebu Lions to be able to lift them over the top. And it should be noted that Wilmer Ballantine has actually become one of the better hitters out there in the MPB. He is with the South Bangkoks. He wound up having an RBI in this game as well. The Oryx Buffaloes are certainly having their struggles as they wind up losing another one to the Chibalote Marines as the Marines were able to take it to them by a count of 6-4. of four. The over has cashed in the first two games of the series so far and 
You've got the most notable player, in my opinion, in the KBO on the Oryx Buffaloes. That would be Adam Jones. He wound up going one for four in this game. The guy that was really able to get the job done was the leadoff hitter, and he's a first baseman that you probably do want to take note of for the Oryx Buffaloes as he was able to get a three-run home run in this one. That would be Takahiro Okada. He is a gentleman that was able to go yard. That was his first of the campaign. And then when you take a look at what you were able to get out of the Marines, they've got Brandon Laird and Leonis Martin in their lineup with Laird. He wound up having his third home run of the campaign. Leonis Martin was able to reach base twice as well. So that was able to get the job done for this team. And what you've got to love for the Marines is that they were able to get four innings of scoreless baseball out of their bullpen. And then the Nippon Am Fighters, one of the most interesting names that you're ever going to find for a baseball team. They wind up falling to the Tuka Rakuten Golden Eagles by a count of 5-2. For the Eagles, they were certainly surging as Sergio Romero was able to give the team two hits in this one. Joe Blash wound up going 0-2, but he was able to draw a pair of walks. And for the Ham Fighters, they just were not able to get the start that they were desiring because they had a first-time career starter out there on the mound in Rosai Kawano, and he winds up giving up four runs over the course of five innings in his first career start. Both of them from there winds up going three innings and give up one run. And then for the Rakuten Eagles, they were able to get a very good bullpen performance as they won a combined two innings, not giving up a single earned run. So that is what we all noticed from the KBO and the NPB Wednesday morning. Now it is that time to talk about the baseball that is played out here in the States with Joe Rivera. We're going to be talking about some of the health and safety rules that are going to be in place for the 2020 season. Now the game of Major League Baseball might look a little bit different and the teams that we think will be able to succeed for the 2020 season. That's on the other side right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Craig Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Craig Peterson. It is great to be joined by our next guest. This man covers a little bit of everything when it comes to baseball and the MLB for Sporting News. You can follow him on Twitter at JoeRiveraSN. He has joined me a few times and he, much like myself, are in much higher spirits today than we were about this time last week. Joe, it is great to have you aboard, my friend. How are you? Greg, I'm doing well, friend. How are you? I am doing fantastic. And now the MLB is finally doing fantastic. Well, maybe it'd be a little bit better if it's heard on the 4th of July. But with that said, at the very least, we are getting a season. It's going to be 60 games. Most of the games are going to be played within the division. And then to cut down on travel, if you're in, say, the NL Central, you're going to be playing the teams in the AL Central for like 20 out of the 60 games. The rest are going to be in division. What do you think of this format? Because I know that there were a lot of things thrown around, like the three-bubble system, Grapefruit League, Cactus League, and what have you. But this one, in my opinion, seems to make the most sense. I like the fact that teams get to stay in their own ballpark, aside from maybe Toronto, because obviously Canada has different rules than the United States when it comes to quarantining. You know, Greg, it's hard to look at this and say that certain teams in top divisions don't have an inherent advantage, right? I mean, when you're the Yankees and you got to play the Orioles, you know, however many times you're going to play division opponents 40 games this year, they said, it's part of your schedule. So when you're the Yankees and you're playing the Orioles however many times this year, when you're the Dodgers and you and you get a chance to beat up on the Padres or Rockies this year, it's tough to say that there's not an inherent advantage there. I'm not surprised they obviously kept the divisions intact. I thought there might be a little bit of intrigue if they went with a three-division system and maybe, you know, the top two teams from each division get a chance, and those are your six in the playoffs. But then, you know, how do you determine AL, NL, that kind of stuff? So this is the format that probably makes the most sense. Obviously, mitigating travel as much as you can in the, in the middle of a pandemic, keeping guys from traveling as much as possible makes sense, too. So 
I'm not surprised this is what they went with. I think it's probably the most logistically plausible one when you're looking at a season so short. So kudos to MLB for not trying to reinvent the wheel here and just giving us this kind of schedule. I do agree with you. And we are going to see some rules here. And we are going to see some rule changes for the 2020 season. Obviously, designated hitter coming into play for the National League. And then you've got the extra inning rules in which you've got a man starting out on second base, much like you see at so many of your lower levels of baseball. And I do feel like it's going to be a little bit different. But obviously, this is all in the name of player safety. You're fitting in a bunch of games in a short amount of time. And you do have to expect that early on in the year, there are probably going to be some answering polls. And let's face it, if there's one position that's going to be suffering the most, it's starting pitchers because your Max Scherzers, who are used to going out there for 100-plus pitches, they're probably not going to be able to do so because the layoff from when spring training ended, which is right around like March 11th, March 12th, something like that, to July 1st, that's almost as long as you typically get in a normal offseason. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, obviously protecting these guys is paramount. In the middle of a pandemic, you want to make sure, first and foremost, that their safety away from the field is important. And you trust that pro athletes are, are going to be able to, to make those decisions for themselves and, and be smart about where they go about self-quarantining and, and avoiding going out when possible. And, you know, obviously you get some positive cases with Blue Jays and, and the Phillies and the Rockies. And that won't be the last of it, man, I'll tell you. But, you know, going back to the rule changes, I think something like adding a DH, I think that's here to stay now. I just think that from an excitement standpoint, it makes a lot of sense, obviously, to bring the American League style over to the National League when you have certain teams like the Reds and the Mets who are kind of built like American League teams as it is. You know, looking at the future, you're adding 15 jobs in the National League to hitters. So you're not going to get those games where you got to kind of figure out, well, do I go to the bullpen in the fourth inning? Do I go to the bullpen early in the game? You won't have those like strategic games played between National League teams. And I'm fine with that. You know, I think that baseball evolves. Baseball's always evolved over 150 years. It's just the way it works. So I'm glad the DH is coming to the National League. I do think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, from a spring training standpoint, it's going to suck, and especially for starting pitchers who we know during a normal year, they're not always right the first month of the season. It's not always going to click for these guys. So that's another wrench that's being thrown into the schedule too. But as far as the DH is concerned, I'm all for it. The guy on second can live with that, at least just for this season. I hope it doesn't become a thing in the future, but it's certainly going to be interesting to see the way things play out with the DH and the NL. I'm right there with you on the extra innings. And then obviously it does stink a little bit to not have the strategy when it comes to the National League. But let's face it, seeing someone like Yasiel Puig, who you got to figure is going to be signed, it's a little bit more exciting than, say, having some starting pitcher that is hitting like 0.50 for his career up there at the plate as well. As we do have Joe Rivera of Sporting News joining me on the podcast. And what else I think is going to be very fascinating is the fact that it does seem like all these teams are going to be reporting back to their home bases like the Milwaukee Brewers are going to be back in Milwaukee. And you're really not going to have any true spring training games. These guys are going to be staggered out with regards to the work that they're getting in. And I do really question the product that we're going to be seeing the first couple of weeks because I do think that once you hit like the latter half of September, these guys are going to be firing on all cylinders. But I really think that the big mystery is who comes out of the gates hot those first two weeks of the year. And we remember the Seattle Mariners from last year. They started out 13-2. and two. They obviously faded away in a 162-game season. But with how weird this season is, if, say, a team like the Seattle Mariners starts out 13-2 and two this year, heck, that's 25% of the season right there. They're a contender. Yeah, and you know what, Greg? You got to look at the season, and anything can happen, man. And I've been telling people this, like, you can't look at teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers. Obviously, they're built in a good year to over 162 games to, to be major threats, right? We all know that. But 
you look at the Nationals last year, they were under 500 through their first 60 games. And people were seriously questioning if they were going to be sellers at the deadline. And I think you look at the season, you have to throw everything out the window. Just everything's got to go. I'm pretty sure the Tampa Bay Rays were just a game or two behind in first place in the American Leagues through 60 games last season. You know, one good week, one bad week can really separate a division race for you this year. And obviously you appreciate, I guess, in a way, the heightened drama that every game is going to bring. Because over an 162-game season, we know those games in May and June don't really matter as much, right? But now that you have such a shortened season, you know, just, just over a third of the season, I mean, every game matters. It's, it's going to be exciting baseball every night. Almost every game is going to be a playoff game, especially within divisions. And looking at the NL Central, I think it's pretty wide open right now. So, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. I do think that, like I mentioned, Greg, and I mentioned before on your show, you take a season like this, you got to throw all the rules out the window. Anything you know about a team being good, you know, what happens if Garrett Cole gets hurt in the first week of the season, right? What happens if the Rays get off to a, a school, you know, 20 and 5 still? Like, what happens? So everything you know about baseball this year, I think it's, you don't want to say it's a lost year because obviously they're playing and they, the players still wanted to play and they still put some level of weight behind this season in some way. But everything you know about this season is it's just going to be wacky. It's going to be crazy to watch. Absolutely. And I'm going to pretend like I know something about this year. And I would say that pitching depth is going to be so important. We saw the Nationals were able to win their World Series during the 2019 season. It was based on starting pitching. You got to figure that these starting pitchers, no matter how good they are, they're just not going to be right at the beginning of the year. And if you're going with a normal five-man rotation, these guys are going to be getting 12 starts. So if it takes a guy five starts to get ramped up, that's nearly after your season right there. And the teams I think are going to succeed are the teams that maybe they don't have like terrible starting pitching by any means, but they just have a lot of depth. A bunch of guys will give you like five strong innings, and then you can turn it over to a solid bullpen. I know that you've talked a lot about the Tampa Bay Rays. I think that there's good value on that team. Obviously, it's unfortunate that they, it's unfortunate that they play in the same division as the New York Yankees because that team is just completely loaded, especially with all this time off to be able to get healthy. But the Milwaukee Brewers out there in the NL Central, a team like the San Diego Padres, in which they've got good bullpen depth, these starters – typically are solid through five innings, and then they wane a little bit. I think that this will really benefit them, especially a guy in Kirby Yates that was just automatic in the ninth inning last year. These are the teams I think could really thrive in this shortened season. Yeah, that's totally fair. It's been no secret of mine that I love the Rays, and not just for this year, not just last year, but, and I've said this before, you don't win 96 games in the American League East by accident. You don't win 96 games with a team that was missing Blake Snell parts of the year last year. They were missing Tyler Glass now last year. Charlie Morton's the only guy that made over 30 starts for them, and obviously some of that is by design. So when you look at a season that's going to be weird, you have to look at the teams that are ready to be weird. And I think a team like the Rays, they're used to playing unorthodox. They're just, their team construction is unorthodox. The way that they deploy their pitching staffs are unorthodox, which is why I really like them this year. I really do. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if they did come out on top in the AL East. The Yankees, we know, are a little bit more traditionally built when it comes to their starting pitching. Obviously, you have Garrett Cole at the top. You presume James Paxton is going to be healthy coming back from that back injury. They're going to be missing Luis Severino. But Masahiro Tanaka is a bit of a wax and wane guy. You never know what you're going to get for him start to start, especially over the last two years. So I really do like the Rays. I think you look at the NL Central and the Reds, if you put a lot of stock uh, in, in pitching, maybe taking some time to figure it out, over the course of the year, when you look at the Reds and how they're built offensively now, signing Nick Castellanos this offseason and signing Mike Moustakis, I mean, when you add them to Eugenio Suarez and maybe Joey Votto has a bounce back year this year, 
I mean, that team is going to be scary in a division where no one really made the effort to get better last year. You look at, you know, the Padres were around 500 last year, like you mentioned, obviously loaded with young pitching and their farm system is very good too. The NL East, where I think that even with Noah Syndergaard out, I think the Mets could be a pretty sneaky good team because Pete Alonso, we know the season he had last year, and we know how good Jacob deGrom can be. And if the rest of their staff kind of holds it together, even missing a Zach Wheeler too, you know, maybe they could make some noise in the NL East. So Really, I think when you look top to bottom at Major League Baseball this year, you know that there are going to be bottom-dwelling teams. That's just the way it always works. Even in the short year, you look at a team like the Rockies, I don't see how they make noise. But you look at you know 25 teams this year, you know maybe these guys have a shot at the World Series. Maybe they have a shot at winning the division. So you're going to see a lot of weird things this year, and there are lots of teams that are built for a first sprint. So we'll see how it works out. I think the first weeks of the season is going to be absolutely paramount to the success of a lot of these teams. I agree, and I think that after like 30 games during the 2019 season, the Tigers were like one or two games below 500, so we certainly could see some very strange things, and Joe, I know that you're going to be dialed in on all of it, so let the good people at home know what you're all working on right now for Sporting News, since I have to think that your workload kicked up quite immensely the last 24 hours, and just how they're able to follow you and follow your work in general. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Rivera SN. And then, like you mentioned, Greg, I mean, things have, have certainly kicked up for me. You know, I'll have power rankings at some point within the next couple of weeks. I have an explainer on what you really need to know about the Major League Baseball season and, and the rest of the baseball writers there. Tom Gatto, who does a phenomenal job, and everybody else there at Sporting News are going to be pitching in with the baseball help. So hopefully nothing crazy happens between now and July 23rd or 24th and we get some baseball back on the field to talk on the show a little bit more soon. Absolutely. Let's just hope that everything goes well this next month or so with the pandemic. So that way we can get a full season that doesn't stop and start. I know that Joe is hoping for the same thing, and I know that he's going to be dialed in on this season. So big thanks to Joe Rivera on Sporting News for joining me. And a big thanks to Joe Rivera of Sporting News for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. Now it is that time of the podcast, which I give you a side of the turtle on every game on Thursday morning slash Wednesday night, KBO and MPB board as we touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. All right, and we are back here in Lovey, Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. A big thanks to Joe Rivera of Sporting News for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast, which I give you a side in total on every game on the Wednesday night slash Thursday morning KBO and NPB betting board as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Yeah, that was really backwards to say for one because you've got some of these games taking place at 11 p.m. Pacific time out here on the West Coast as 2 a.m. Eastern, and then the other games for the doubleheader, they're going to be starting at 2.30 a.m. Pacific time out here on the West Coast. On the East Coast, that's 5.30 a.m. for the KBO. MPB games are all going to be starting at 5 o'clock a.m. Eastern, 2 a.m. Pacific. So with the KBO games starting first with regards to those doubleheaders, we're going to be hitting those first. And I'm only going to be giving out the lines for the first game of the doubleheader just because with game two of the doubleheader, for one, we don't know pitching matchups on a lot of these. And for two, there just flat out aren't lines right now as I'm doing this podcast. So 
I mean, I have a little bit of an idea where I'm going to be going on some of these games, but I really can't give you much until I have a line. So for those, check back on my Twitter feed at GNRSquare1 for game two plays of these doubleheaders that are going to be taking place in the KBO. And as per usual, unless we are betting at Pinnacle, you're betting on the team and the team only. So let's say that you're betting on the Doosan Bears. You think that you're going to be getting Econ Yu going up against Jungwoon Park. And instead, you've got some random smiling blob because we have our friends the smiling blobs out there in the KBO pitching instead. Well, I will say that you is not necessarily in the best of shape, but let's say you get some other random smiling blob pitching for the Doosan Bears. Well, you are stuck with random smiling blob pitching. So we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order as per usual with the KBO games starting off first with regards to a time standpoint. We're going to start with those. 304-691, 304-692 is first up. The SK Wyverns are going to be playing those to the Doosan Bears. Pitching matchup is exactly what I said. Junon Park is going to be going for the SK Wyverns in game one. Hugh Kwam Yu is going to be going for the Doosan Bears in this one. And when you're taking a look at the Bears, they are certainly a favorite in this one, and they are falling a little bit. It is anywhere between minus 135 and minus 145 on the Bears. Meanwhile, with the Wyverns, you're going to be getting a plus price anywhere between plus 115 and plus 125. Total on this game, it is 9.5. The over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. Under is anywhere between even and minus 110. And with the Wyverns, this is a team that they are really struggling when it comes to a power standpoint. You do have Jamie Romack and Jung Cha that have been doing a very good job of being able to get on base. Both of their on-base percentages are right around a 400-ish, but both these guys were in the top five of the KBO with regards to home runs last year. I believe that they have a combined 13 home runs so far this year. That's just not getting the job done for you. And then when you take a look at the other side for the Doosan Bears. J.L.O. is coming off the injured list. This is someone that's got five home runs, 353 batting average. We all know what Jose Miguel Fernandez is able to do. His on-base percentage hovering right around a 400. He's been doing a very solid job with that regard for this team. And then when you take a look at Doosan, the bullpen has actually been very good the last couple weeks. It was just absolutely putrid to begin the year. It has really been ratcheted up with the Wyverns as well. Their bullpen has been solid aside from Jae-Hoon Ha. He is Korean for blowing safe. He blew four saves over the course of six days. I mean, that is just a feat to behold. I don't know anyone, for one, gets that many opportunities to blow saves, and two, actually goes out and does it. But when you take a look at the Wyverns as well, aside from the guys at the top end, I will say that Jihoon Cha, even though he's sitting a 320, he's still doing a solid job of getting on for the team. But other than those couple guys, you got a bunch of guys who are in 250 or lower. They really don't have a lot of pop in the bat. And then when you take a look at the other side, for the Doosan Bears, you do have to like the fact that you've had a couple bats being able to emerge. I do think that this is a very good spot for the Doosan Bears to be able to take to the Wyverns. I do think it's going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. And keep in mind, double headers out there in the KBO, it is going to be going nine innings and nine innings only. If there were supposed to be extra innings, it is called a tie. So you cannot rely upon extra innings if you have your over and you need a couple extra runs to cash. So I'm going to be taking this total under and I'm going to be laying it here with the Doosan Bears. Game one of the doubleheader for Wednesday night slash Thursday morning between the NC Dinos and KT Wiz, a.k.a. Smiling Blobs, 304-693, 304-694. Smiling Blobs, to the surprise of nobody whatsoever, are finding themselves a little bit of an underdog in this one. If you are taking a look at the Blobios, you are going to be getting anywhere between plus 145 and plus 150. If you are looking at the Dinos, you're going to be laying anywhere between minus 165 and minus 170. Your total on this game, it is 10. And with the 10, your over is just anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. Under is anywhere between even and minus 110. Your pitching matchup for this one, going for the NC.
Fancy Dinos, it is going to be Mr. Michael Wright. And then for the Smiling Blobs, they are going to be trotting out there Jay Sung Bay. And Jay Sung Bay is singing Yay Bay Bay to his ERA going up. And that's not necessarily a good thing. 3 1 record, but a 402 ERA. This guy just got completely shellacked in his last start against the Lotte Giants. Three innings pitch. Gives up eight runs, all of which were earned, three home runs. Not necessarily good, but this is someone that I think is going to be able to come out and give a little bit more of a spirited effort at this one because prior to that just absolute blow-up start against Lotte, he had given up two home runs in his first seven starts. So this is someone that for the year, aside from that start against Lotte, has been solid. And I will say, not a strikeout guy. 27 strikeouts over the course of 47 innings. He has issued 20 walks as well. That's not necessarily great, but... At the same time, it's not completely terrible. And you know that with the Smiling Blobs having a bullpen ERA of 7, they are just hellaciously bad. They are going to be sending him out there for as long as humanly possible. And then when you take a look at Mr. Wright, he's been solid so far this year for NC. But I do think that he is showing a couple of falters with the armor. This is a man that has given up three plus earned runs in three of the team's last five games. His walks have went up a little bit as well. He's given up at least two walks in pretty much all but one of his starts so far this year. So he is willing to walk a couple guys. For a foreign-born pitcher, he's okay when it comes to strikeouts. Not necessarily great, not necessarily awful. 37 strikeouts over the course of 45 innings. He's given up five home runs, so he's a very basic pitcher. He's nothing great. He's nothing awful. And we know this about the Smiling Blobs. If there's one thing that they're able to do, it is mash. As you've got a guy that I love in Mel Rojas. He currently leads the KBO with 14 home runs. He's hitting nearly at 300. He has been very good with that regard. And then you take a look at what you're able to get out of NC. Obviously, you've got a very good lineup. Aaron Altair has become Aaron Altairistic. He's in the top 10 in the KBO in both home run and RBI. Yuji Yang wound up going yard for the team a couple days ago. He's back in at the catcher spot after he was injured. Minwoo Park at the top of the lineup. He's able to hit a 300. I mean, the list of guys are able to mash goes on and on. I haven't even mentioned Sungbom Na, guy that we're probably going to be seeing in the majors in a couple years, but you've got Pekko Kong. He's got 10 home runs so far this year, and he missed part of the season for the Smiling Blobs. You've got a couple guys that they do a solid job of getting on base. They're not necessarily going to give you a whole lot when it comes to power, but Jung Dae Bae, A Bae Bae, has four home runs so far this year. He had three for his career coming into this year. He is hitting above a 340 right now. Young Hoo Joe has been able to do a solid job. Woo Jun Sim has been in a little bit of a funk at the top lineup, but I do think that we're going to get a very good start out of Bay, who has already won up against the NC Dinos, went seven strong innings, did not allow a single earned run. I think that we're going to see another Mike Wright, like six innings, gives up three runs, and if there is a weakness with the Dinos as well, their bullpen is actually not a whole heck of a lot better than the Smiling Blobs. I mean, it's better. I mean, nobody gets worse than the Smiling Blobs when it comes to the bullpen, but with that said, it's not necessarily trustworthy either. I think that KT is going to get a quality start out of Bay. I think that they're going to try him out there for seven plus innings. I think he gets the job done. We're going to be taking this little under, and we are going to be taking the plus price with our good buddies, the Smiling Blobs. We move on to 304-695-304-696. The Kia Tigers are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Lotte Giants. If you are taking the Lotte Giants, you're going to be laying a whole Lotte of juice. Oh gosh, I've got a lot of people that are probably giggling right now, but with that said, Lotte, minus 170 favorites. You've got Kia at plus 150. Your total on this game, it is 8.5. The over is just anywhere between 
minus 105 and minus 110. Unders anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Action, Dan Straley is going to be taking the mound for Lotte. Meanwhile, your pitcher for the Kia Tigers, Minwoo Lee. And I said it on this podcast yesterday, you're pretty much getting the same matchup that we were supposed to get for Wednesday morning. Minwoo Lee is a guy that's very solid. He has a 512 ERA, but he does a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. 45 and two-thirds innings. He's given up three home runs. 30 punch outs certainly is not great, but he's only got 15 walks. So he does a good job of keeping the game out in front of him, and he's just been the victim of really facing some good competition recently. His last four starts against NC, the Smiling Blobs, Doosan, and LG. Probably the top four offenses that you're going to find out there in the KBO. And with the Lotte Giants, they really aren't a power hitting team. You've got quite a few guys that are going to get on base. Asup Sun is hitting above a 300. Dale Lee as well. Dale Lee is has an on-base percentage that's just below 400. You got to like what he's able to do. And Dixon Machado, he has gotten white hot. He's hitting right around like a 400-ish over his last two weeks. So you got to give him a lot of credit. But then you've got Preston Tucker. You don't know what you're going to get out of him from game to game with Kia Tigers, but he's one of the top players in the KBO when it comes to RBI. Double-digit amount of home runs. He certainly is able to produce for this team. And then with the Kia Tigers, you've got a couple of ageless wonders that are combining to hit right around a 300 for this team. In G1 Na, along with Hung Woo Cha, these two guys have combined 13 home runs and 51 RBI, so I like what they're able to do. And Cha, I think, leads the KBO in walks. He's got 26 so far this year, so he's done a very solid job with that regard. And then Sun Bin Kim is back to the fold as well. This is a guy that was injured for a few weeks, hitting a 340 ever since they were able to get the leadoff spot sorted out with Ho-Rung Kim coming back from injury. He's been having an on-base percentage right around a 423 leadoff home runs in about three and a half weeks. This team has been solid. I think we're going to get a very good pitching matchup. And despite the fact that Dan Straley has an ERA that is hovering right around a 2-1-0, he's 1-2 so far this year. It's just whatever can go wrong will go wrong for Dan Straley. I don't know how. I don't know why. I mean, he has been a strikeout machine over the course of 55 and two-thirds innings. He's got 62 punch-outs, only 17 walks. He's done a better job of walking, but I think that this is going to be a very low-scoring game. If it goes to the bullpen, I have a little bit more faith in Kia. Obviously, game two of this double dip, who knows, but in game one of this double dip, we're going to be going with the plus price here of Kia, and we're going to be taking this total under as well. We move on to 304-697, 304-698. LG Twins are going to be playing those to the heroes of Kiwoom. If you're taking a look at Kiwoom, you're going to be getting a little bit of a plus price on this one. With Kiwoom, they are anywhere between plus 110 and plus 115. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the LG Twins, anywhere between minus 130 and minus 135, your total on this game is anywhere between 9 and 9.5. Nine and on the 9.5, over is use of even, and the under is minus 120. On 9, flip it, over is use of minus 120, and the under is even. It's going to be Tyler Wilson who's going to be going out there for the LG Twins. And then on the flip side, you've got yourself... Sung Ho Lee, that is going to be going for the Kiwoom Heroes. This is the pitching matchup that we were expecting yesterday. With Sung Ho Lee, 505 ERA, he has looked much, much better in his last two starts. How about 13 innings? He's given up one run, and that was an unearned run. He's done a very good job of being able to limit walks. He has given up two true walks or fewer in all but one of his starts so far this year. There is one start in which he wound up giving up two walks, and he had a hits batsman. That was against the Spiling Blobs. That was just in his worst performance of the year. He wound up giving up eight runs in that one. That is one that you just want to put into a time capsule, bury, and never dig back up. 
but by and large, he's been able to do a solid job. And you take a look at Tyler Wilson. He's been a little bit up and down this year, but he has been able to do a better job recently. For the year, he's got a 4180 ERA, 3-2 record, and he's been able to do a solid job of keeping the ball in the yard. 47 and third innings. He has given up three home runs, 15 walks, so he's done a nice job with that regard, and his walks have really went down. Two walks or fewer in all but one start ever since he got rocked in his season opener on ESPN against the NC Dinos. Really, aside from that start, he has been solid. He's given up more than three earned runs just once ever since that season opener against NC. You can tell that he was not himself because much like most of the foreign-born players that were pitchers, he had to quarantine for a few weeks. He just wasn't quite himself. And then with the Kiwum Heroes, this is a bunch that they are doing a very interesting job of being able to get some runs up on the board with the Heroes. You've all of a sudden got Biongo Park going. He wound up having two home runs for the team Tuesday morning. He had been really struggling up to that point. That was something that you know that they had to like to see. But this is a team that they are a little bit shallow at the bottom and at the same time. They've got a middle of the lineup that is hitting almost as well as anyone, but then you take a look at the LG Twins as well. You've got Roberto Ramos. He's got 12 home runs, 30 plus RBI. Hasn't necessarily been himself since coming off the injured list, but so perhaps that day of rest actually did him a whole lot of good. Dung Juan Park looking at the other side for Ki Woom at the catcher spot. He had a home run for the team Tuesday morning, 302 batting average. Ha Sung Kim, he has been very solid, nine home runs for this team. And then the guy that I really think might be up for MVP, and he might be the most underrated player out there in the KBO, Jung Hoo Lee, 388 batting average. 457 on base. He's got seven home runs, 30 RBI. He is terrific out there in the field. This kid is absolutely superb. I will say this, the Kiwum Heroes, their bullpen is very, very spotty. Now, the LG Twins have really come back to earth after they had the best start of any bullpen out there in the KBO, but I have a little bit more faith here in Wilson than I do Lee. Lee has been on a recent hot start, but he began the year very, very rough. I do think that this is going to be a good spot for LG to be able to cash in, so for that reason, I'm going to be taking this little over and I'm going to be laying it here with the Twins. And then the last game, and this is the only one that is not a part of a doubleheader. Like I said, for the second game of all these doubleheaders, I will have those plays posted on my Twitter feed at GNRS41. As of the time of this podcast, for game two of the doubleheaders between the Bears, Wyverns, Dinos, Smiling Blobs, Tigers, Giants, and Heroes, Twins, I just don't have lines for you. I don't necessarily know the starting pitchers as well. I'm going to be doing more research on that when I get off this podcast. So for that reason, go to my Twitter feed there. But 304-687, 304-688, this is a game not a part of a doubleheader. Hanwha Eagles are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Samsung Lions. Oh, gee whiz. The Samsung Lions are finding themselves a massive favorite. Who saw this coming? With the Lions, you're going to be laying anywhere between minus 250 and minus 270 with Anwa. Anywhere between plus 210 and plus 232. Your total on this game is 9.5 over Zeus. Anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. Under is anywhere between even and minus 110. Your pitching matchup for this one. David, don't call me Buck Buchanan, is going to be going for the Samsung Lions. Meanwhile, Bumsu Kim is going to be going for Anwa. I just have a feeling that this is going to be a complete and utter blow-up for Hanwha. They were able to do such a fantastic job of evading danger Wednesday morning on ESPN. I will say Tyler Saladino probably going to be out of the fold once again for the Lions, but you take a look at Bumsu Kim. He's got a 470 ERA so far this year, 1-4 record, but he's only made one start. His one start came against the NC Dinos, 4 and a third innings. He wound up giving up three runs. You can't think that there's going to be a lot of length delivered, and that means that we're going to be diving into a hand bullpen that has been used quite a bit the last couple couple days, and it's not necessarily good to start out with. So I think that you're really going to be leading to a lot of danger. And what else is very, very concerning with our starter, Mr. Kim, how about 18 walks and three at-bats been over the course of 23 innings? 
That's not bad. That's putrid. And David Buchanan has actually been very solid for the Samsung Lions. 362 ERA so far this year. 5-2 record. He actually pitched in Japan last year, so he was very used to just the foreign style of baseball as well. He's given up 7 home runs over the course of 49 and 2 thirds innings. That's his big kryptonite, but good news for him. Nobody on Hanwha has more than 4 home runs, so that is certainly going to be able to help out this team. Now, I will say with Hanwha, they did send down quite a few players to the minors while they were dealing with that just absolutely atrocious losing streak. Some of those guys have come back up. You have someone like a Jehu Cha, he's hitting a 259, so that has been relatively solid. Teyu No is hitting right around a 300 as well, but you don't have someone like a Hakju Lee who wound up having a stretch of like 10 games in which 7 of them were multiple hits. He has been one of the best players out there in the KBO recently, so he's going to be able to pick up the slack if Tyler Saladino is not able to go. Youngjin Cha, he's hitting a 279 for this Lions team as well. I like what he's able to bring to the table, and the guy that's really doing a great job of driving him in. One Suck Lee, only 4 home runs, but 34 one RBI, 254 batting average. I like that. And then Sung Gun Lee, 350 batting average as well. Samsung has one of the better bullpens that you're going to find out there in the KBO, but I think that Samsung going to be able to put up minimum a touchdown in this one. So for that reason, I'm going to be taking this total over. And I actually took the run line here with Samsung because in the losses that Hanwha has taken, 25 out of their last 28 games. Only one of those losses were by one run, and that was yesterday. I don't think that Lightning is going to strike twice. As I'm seeing it right now, a lot of offshore places have the lines right around a minus 130 on the run line. I'm seeing at circa minus 155, so obviously you want to shop accordingly here, but we're going to go with the Lions on the run line, and we are going to be going with this total under as well. And now we go to the NPB. So we are going to be heading to Japan, and as always, we're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order on this as well. This starts with 304, 173, 304, 174. These Swallows of Yakult are going to be playing ghosts to the Hanshin Tigers. With the Tigers, you're going to be finding them as a slight favorite in this one. Anywhere between minus 123 and minus 130. With the Swallows, or anywhere between plus 105 and plus 110. Your total on this game, it is 9. The over is just anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Your pitching matchup in this one, going for our good buddies at Swallows. It's going to be Harkatoshi Takanashi, and it is going to be Takiyami Akiyama, who's going to be going for the Hanshi Tigers. Yes, for one, please try pronouncing these last names. They are crazy. So, I mean, I am doing my best. If I screw up a few of these last names, it's not due to a lack of effort. But what I will say as well is, you take a look at what you're getting out of the Occult Spalls. This is a team that was one of the top teams out there in the MPB when it came to home runs during the 2019 season. You've really got to like what one Norishka Aoki is able to bring to the table. This is someone that you got to pencil in for about a 300 batting average. He's going to be able to give you some home runs. And now he's with his battering mate from the Milwaukee Brewers, Alcides Escobar. We all know about the fielding that he's able to give to this team. But by and large, he has been able to do a very solid job when it comes to the bat as well. And what you've got to love about the Swallows as well is that this is a team that has given up four runs or fewer in each other last four games. This is a team that is very solid when it comes to the bullpen. And with the Hanshin Tigers, it's a little bit of a jury's out situation. They have a 1-4 record. They have brought in some new blood. Justin Bohr, who we remember from the MLB. He was able to have some solid seasons with the Miami Marlins. He should be able to give a little bit of pop to a team that they had less than 100 home runs last season. Kosuke Fukudome all of a sudden is 43 years old. He's still solid out there in the 
Japanese League, but with that said, you really can't rely on him for a whole heck of a lot, but Jeffrey Marte was able to go yard against Gabriel Yanoa a couple days ago. This is someone that is certainly finding his footing out there in the MPB, but you just take a look at this Hanjin team in general. They have a very tough time putting up runs. They have scored four runs or fewer in each of their first five games, and with that said, they have also given up at least six runs in three out of their last four games. I really don't understand why they're a favorite in this one, because while Takanashi sucks, and boy does he suck. How about this for his 2019 campaign? Between the JPCL and the JPEL, combined 8-9 record, 508 ERA in 129 innings. He wound up giving up 1.3 home runs per 9 innings. He did get a lot of strikeouts, 9.3 strikeouts per 9 innings, but with that said, he wasn't necessarily great. But you do have a very solid bullpen that is surrounding him with Han Sheen. This is a team that their bullpen is not very good. I will say, starter going for them in Mr. Yakiyama, he did go 14-5 and last season, 330 ERA, but he is not much of a swing and miss guy. Six and a half strikeouts per nine innings. He wound up giving up one home run per nine. He doesn't walk a lot of guys, but this is very much a Yakult Swallows team that is a pitch to contact team. I think that we are going to have ourselves a very high scoring game in this one. I think that the Swallows take it to on Gene. So for that reason, we're going to be taking the plus price here with the Swallows, and we are going to be taking this total over as well. We move on to 304, 175, 304, 176. The Rakuten Golden Eagles are going to be playing out the Nippon Ham Fighters. If you're taking a look at the Fighters of Ham, well, guess what? They are going to be a little bit of an underdog in this one as the Fighters of Ham are going to be giving you a plus price anywhere between plus 140 and plus 141. With Golden Eagles, you're pretty much finding them minus 160 across the board. Your total on this game, it is 8. Over is Zeus, anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even and minus 110. Your pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Ham Fighters, it is going to be Drew Verhagen. It is going to be Takahiro Shiomi, who's going to be going for the Eagles. And I actually think that Drew Verhagen has a shot to be a last of success here. He is coming over from the Detroit Tigers. So obviously, this is going to be his first time pitching out here in the NPB. But I will say this. This is someone that I think is going to be able to have some success because he's never really been truly a strikeout guy. If you take a look at his AAA numbers, they're actually very similar to his MLB numbers. While he was with the Tigers last year, he was a game above 500, and he was stretched out towards the end of the year as the Tigers relied upon him as a starter, and he actually became one of their better starters. For one, that says a lot about the Detroit Tigers, but for two, it actually says something about Verhagen. He's got a solid fastball, wound up going 4-3 and three last year, 590 ERA, but keep in mind, that's at the Major League level. That's playing against the American League as well. He wound up giving up 1.4 home runs per 9 innings at the Major League level, but he also had 8 punch-outs per 9 innings as well. So, I do think that that bodes very well for him. And then you just take a look at this Rakuten Eagles team. They don't have a lot of guys that are necessarily going to scare you with regards to the lineup. Stefan Romero is able to give you a little bit of something. And then you got Jabari Blash. These are their two foreign-born hitters. I mean, they're solid, but it's nothing where it's like, oh my goodness gracious, look at this guy. Hidetu Asamura is probably one of the better hitters that you're going to find out there in this league. He was a longtime stalwart for the Cebu Lions. He has now come over to Rakuten, and during the 2019 season, wound up hitting at 263, and he wound up having 33 home runs. He's one of the better power hitters that you're going to find out there in this league, but this is a team that... They're off to a little bit of a sluggish start when it comes to the long ball. The Golden Eagles are. They aren't quite hitting it the way that they did last year. And then when you take a look at the Ham Fighters, this is a bunch that I think
think that they're going to be able to pick it up with their bats a little bit. With the Ham Fighters, you really have not a lot of foreign-born flavor with this team, but you've got a bunch of guys that they do a solid job of being able to get on base. You take a look at what they were able to do during the 2019 season. They were very much a team that they were looking to dink and dunk when it came to their hitting because their total home runs for the 2019 season, just 93 of them, but they wound up having a 251 batting average. That was better than most of the teams in the Pacific League in which they played. The only team in the Pacific League that had a better batting average than them, that would be the Cebu Lions, so they are actually able to do a very solid job with that regard. I do think that for the Ham Fighters, they are going to be able to get a very solid start here. I think that both these teams have two of the better bullpens that you're going to find out there in the MPB. And what really separates the Pacific League from the other league, the Central, is the fact that you actually have a designated hitter in this league. But despite that, I do think that Verhagen pitching in the American League in the MLB is actually going to play to his advantage. I think that he's going to be able to give a dominant start in this one. So for that reason, taking the plus price here with the Ham Fighters, and we're going to be taking this total under as well. We move on to game number 304-177-304-178. You've got the Chibalote Marines, and they are going to be playing mostly Oryx Buffaloes. If you're looking to circle the wagons with the Buffaloes, congratulations. You're going to be getting a plus price here. You're going to be getting anywhere between plus 120 and plus 125. Meanwhile, with our good buddies, the Marines, they are going to be favorites of anywhere between minus 140 and minus 145. Your total on this game is 8.5. With the 8.5, the over is juice of anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. For the under, same as well. Minus 105 to minus 115. Starting pitching matchup in this one. Going for the Buffaloes, it is going to be Ryota. Mari Nushi, and it is going to be Takai Iwishita, who is going to be going for the Lote Marines. I don't know if I said that correctly, but at the very least, I said it confidently. So I give myself a little bit of credit there. And when you take a look at the Marines, this is a team that has just an absolutely superb bullpen. They were lights out in the game yesterday. They were able to close it out, and they were able to get the Oryx Buffaloes down. And as we know, the Oryx Buffaloes, they have perhaps the most notable player on any roster out there in the NPB, and that would be Adam Jones. He actually went yard for the team a couple days ago, so that certainly is a little bit fascinating. But when you take a look at the Buffaloes in general, the pitching on this team is just not very good. It's hard to have a lot of faith in this team in general because Mr. Marinucci, who they are going to be trotting out there to the mound, sight unseen. He did not pitch in the MPB last year. As a matter of fact, he is a rookie in the MPB. So I wish him good luck. We're all counting on him. And with Mr. Iwashita, this is someone that was actually very solid for the Chiba Lote Marines during the 2019 season. 6-4 record. Now I will say this. He's not necessarily going to give you a lot of length in a combined 26 start slash relief appearances, 113 innings, but he does a very solid job of keeping the ball in the yard. Gave up about a home run per 9 innings. Only 6.5 strikeouts and 4.7 walks per 9 innings, but keep in mind, this is also a young guy as well. He is coming into his age 23 years, so this is someone that I do think has a lot of upside. And with the Oryx Buffaloes, we've seen it time and time again. We saw them blow a lead in the ninth inning. What else I think is big for the Chiba Lote Marines is that they're going to have one of the more trustworthy relievers. It seems like in, out there in the MPB, every team gets one foreign-born reliever, and Jay Jackson is that for the Marines. He wound up giving up a couple runs earlier in the season, but by and large, I do think that this is a guy that does have the ability to be able to flourish. He wasn't necessarily great 
in his time with the Milwaukee Brewers, I'll put it very politely, but in a 448 over the course of 28 relief appearances with the crew with a 445 ERA last season. So I do think that he is going to be able to hold it down. I do think that he's going to be able to get the job done if it winds up coming to this. I think that this is a game in which the Oryx Buffaloes are going to wind up giving up a touchdown once again. I think it's going to be high scoring. And I do think that in the end, the Chiba Lote Marines, who have a team that is based around two of the best foreign-born hitters that you're going to find out there in this league, Brandon Laird, who already has three home runs, and Leonis Martin, get the job done. So for that reason, we are going to be taking this total over, and we are going to be taking the Marines of Chiba Lote. We move on to game number 304, 179, 304, 180. The Cebu Lions are going to be playing host to the Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks. If you're taking a look at the SoftBank Hawks, well, you are going to be finding them as a favorite in this one. Anywhere between minus 135 and minus 140. Lions are anywhere between plus 115 and plus 120. Your total on this game, it is 9.5. Over is of anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Under is anywhere between even and minus 105. Pitching matchup for this one. Rick Vandenherk is going to be going for the SoftBank Hawks. Meanwhile, you've got Kasuke Honda, who's going to be going for the Cebu Lions. I can't believe that I'm going to be calling a game between Rick Vandenherk and a guy whose last name is Honda, but here we are. It is 2020, ladies and gentlemen. And with Rick Vandenherk, he's been actually a very good pitcher out there in the NPB. He is a native of the Netherlands. He was a guy that pitched for quite a few years in the late 2000s, early 2010s with the Florida slash Miami Marlins. He's actually made his living out here in Japan. I will say this. He's coming off a season in which he was badly banged up. He only saw about 10 starts for the team during the 2019 campaign, but this is still someone that, while he was limited during the 2019 season, was getting right around 10.9 strikeouts per nine innings. So he was certainly able to get it done there. When you take a look at what you're able to get out of the Cebu Lions, this was one of the better bullpens that you were finding out there in the league last year. It certainly has not been that this year. And you take a look at Mr. Kasuke Honda. He won up having a record of 8-6 for this team, 397 ERA. He is someone that is not going to get you a whole lot of swings and misses. 5.4 strikeouts per nine innings. He does a good job of keeping the game out in front of him. He only gives up about one home run per nine, so that is something that is going to be a little bit encouraging, but when you take a look at the SoftBank Hawks, this is a lineup that is very much locked and loaded. They had one guy that was particularly in a funk during the 2019 season. Sajai Ubayashi. He wound up hitting below the Mendoza line, but at his age 22 year during the 2018 season, he wound up hitting right around a 275. He had 22 plus home runs. He just really struggled last year. He was able to hit a home run Wednesday morning. That is something that is very encouraging. And then when you take a look at our good buddies at Cebu, I just don't think that they're going to be able to catch up to Rick Vandenberg in general. You do have to like the fact that they have done a solid job of being able to get some more trustworthy bats into the lineup because you do have Corey Spangenberg who wound up hitting a grand slam a few days ago and then the other guy that you really need to take note of and he's gotten off to a very good start to the year is Takayami Kuriyama. This is one of the best players that you're going to find out there in the MPB during his age 35 season during the 2019 campaign. He wound up only hitting a 252, but he was able to do a very good job of getting on base right around a 333 on base. That is actually like the second time that he's had a on base of a 350 or lower since 2004. So I do think that he's going to have a little bit of a reemergence for this team. And then when you take a look at Cebu in general, you do have a couple guys I think are going to be very interesting, like Reed Garrett coming out of the bullpen, but I think that by and large, South Bangkok's a team that has won 
five out of the last six championships are going to be able to get a W in this spot. I think that Vandenberg is going to be able to help them out, and I think that this is going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. So we're going to be taking this total under, and we are going to be taking the Hawks. We are going to be moving on to the A-Bay Bays, the Yakahoma Bay Stars, 304-181, 304-182. The Jenny Jury Dragons are going to be in the road to face off against the Yakahama Dana Bay Stars. With the Dana Bay Stars, say A-Bay Bay to lay in a little bit of juice. They are anywhere between minus 130, minus 135 favorites. With the Dragons, you're getting anywhere between plus 110 and plus 115. Your total on this game, it is 9. The over is juice anywhere between plus 105 and even. Your under is anywhere between minus 120 and minus 125. Going for the A-Bay Bays, it is Yua Sakamoto, and it is going to be Yanchiori Yokano, who's going to be going for the Dragons with Okano. This is a sight unseen pitcher. He is a rookie, and from everything that I've seen, he really struggled during, there during the preseason. So, I mean, that's not very encouraging for the team. And then with our good buddy Sakamoto, he also a rookie pitcher. So, you've got yourself two completely unproven commodities going out there for a pair of teams that, well, they do a good job of being able to put bat to ball. We saw with the Dragons a combined 21 men left on base the last two days, so they certainly have not been able to get the job done. I will say this, if there is one thing that is playing into the advantage of our good buddies, the A-Bay Bays, it is the fact that they've got a little bit of a better bullpen ERA, so I do think that that's going to be a little bit of an advantage moving forward in this one. And then with the Chini Cherry Dragons, you really don't have a whole lot of foreign-born players that have that pop, which is the reason why they have been sort of towards the middle of the NPB. They wound up going 68 and 73 during the 2019 season. Someone like a Zoilo Almonte, he's a professional hitter. He's able to get on base. He's sort of like the Jose Miguel Fernandez of this league. He had a 329 last year, but he had seven home runs. He's not a guy that's necessarily going to give you a lot of power, and that's probably an insult to Mr. Fernandez because with Fernandez, he does a much better job of being able to provide a little bit of pop. Dayan Visaino hit 315 last year. He had 18 home runs, up to a little bit of a slower start so far this year. And then when you take a look at the Yakahoma Base Stars, what you got to love about this team is the fact that they do have a couple guys that are able to tear it up, including a Tyler Austin. We saw what he was able to do during the 2019 campaign. This is someone that he's able to do a solid job of putting back to ball. He wound up missing a couple games earlier this year. He had limited plate appearances, but you've got to expect good things from him. I do think that this is a spot in which both these teams are really going to light up some rookie pitchers. So we're going to be taking this little over. Base stars, in my opinion, have a little bit more firepower, and they've got a little bit more trustworthy relief pitching. So we're going to be going with them along with the over. And we wrap things up with 304-183-304-184. The Yamiyori Giants are going to be playing host to the Hiroshima Carp. Here's something that I've never heard anyone say. I'm from Wisconsin, a big fish hub and a place that always has fish fry Fridays. Something I've never heard is, oh boy, carp. But the carp are perhaps being able to give you a little bit of something to your bankroll as they are anywhere between plus 110 and plus 115. Yamiori Giants, anywhere between minus 130 and minus 135. Your total on this game is 9. Over is just anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. Your pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Yamiori Giants, it is going to be Toshiki Sakayari, and it is going to be Atsushi Endo going for the carp, and what an appropriate name, by the way. His spelling is A-T-S-U-S-H-I, so literally, the end of his first name is Sushi, and he's pitching for the Hiroshima carp. I think that's absolutely incredible. And doing my research on Endo, he was actually very, very good in the preseason for this team. He was one of the guys for the Hiroshima Carp that were able to get the job done, 
Meanwhile, you take a look at Sakahari. He's going to be going for the Yamiori Giants, a Giants team that the bullpen has been very good for. So I will give them a little bit of credit there, but taking a look at who you've got on the bump, it's one of those things where they probably need to rely upon the bullpen a little bit more than they would like because during the 2019 season for Mr. Sakayuri, he wound up being able to give the team an 8-6 record, 425 ERA. Problem is, 32 starts, 114 and a third innings. He was sort of a mix of a reliever and a starter. He does an okay job of being able to keep guys on. About a home run per nine innings, three and a half walks per nine. Nothing great, nothing awful. He's not necessarily going to get a ton of swings and misses. 6.8 strikeouts per nine innings. So it's one of those things where it's like, meh. He's 26 years old, so perhaps he's going to be able to come into his own a little bit more. But what I like about the Hiroshima Carp is the fact that they're doing a much better job of being able to put bat to ball. I noticed it during the preseason of watching this team. They were either giving up a touchdown or they were scoring a touchdown themselves. And with the good old Hiroshima Carp, the guy that is really starting to tear it up for this team, one Alex Mejia. Alex Mejia wound up spending his 2019 campaign out there in the Mexican League as during his time in the Mexican League between a couple of different stops, he wound up being able to hit 333. So this is a guy that he does a very good job of getting on base. You can't expect a whole lot of long balls for him, but this is someone that he does a solid job there. Jose Pirella is a name that we recognize from the MLB. He's already got a home run this year. And Sia Suzuki is the guy that you really want to note. He is one of the most notable players out there in Japan during the 2019 season. He hit 335. He had 25 stolen bases, 28 home runs. He is essentially the Mike Trout and yes, he plays for the Carp, so I'm very glad that I used that reference of this league. And with the Carp, bullpen can be very shaky. You've got Taylor Scott out there in the bullpen. He was absolutely terrible last year in the MLB. He had an ERA north of 14, so you got to expect some runs there. But taking a look at the Giants as well, they were able to get off to a hot 3-0 start, but... With that said, this is a team that really struggled during the preseason. You could tell that things were really starting to gel for them when they got back a pair of players that wound up testing positive for COVID-19. So that was a big reason why they were in the news a few weeks ago. So if you were wondering, why in the heck am I hearing a lot about the Yamiori Giants? That was a big reason why. And Hayoto Sakamoto is one of the best players that you're going to find out there. He's one of the players that tested positive for COVID-19. 40 home runs, 312 average during the 2019 campaign. He seems to be over the virus right now, so obviously that's going to be able to help him out a little bit. And then Gerardo Parra is someone that wound up having three RBI for the team over the weekend as well. This is someone that we all remember his time with the Washington Nationals being able to help them out to a World Series. He's already got two home runs so far this year. I like what he brings to the table. I think that this is going to be a high-scoring game, but I just don't trust our guy. Sakahari for the Yamiori Giants with the Giants they did have to go quite deep into their bullpen during the team's game Wednesday morning and I think that Endo is actually going to be able to give a good start for the carp in this one so for that reason we are going to be getting some fish into our betting diet some stinky fish so I guess instead of an ugly dog we're taking an ugly fish and we're going to take the plus price here with the carp yay carp and we're going to be taking this total over as well and that will wrap it up for the Wednesday evening slash Thursday morning edition of the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. And if you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question for the podcast, forward it in my timeline at GRS41. Big thanks to Joe Rivera of Sporting News for joining me in the last segment. Hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. I'll talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you.